0: Comics. We're just going to talk about comics. The podcast that talks about comic books from the point of view of two brothers who grew up reading those comic books. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Hines, and I am the other host, Will Hines. We are the aforementioned brothers. Yeah, we are brothers, and we are UCB performers and teachers, juggernauts, one might say, powerhouses in that. And we are also juggernauts in the entertainment industry. We've Mm -hmm. discussed. What have you been up to lately in entertainment? tom cruise came to my house begging to be re greenlit when i told him no more movies yeah and i caved i'm a sucker he's such a he's such a sweet he's, he's a, a sweetie. charismatic he, he, guy so he's back in yeah uh, how about you what do you even uh, i'm bringing at? back videotapes <laughs> i don't know man i'm <laughs> making a push for vcrs to be a thing again that's gonna be a real test of our influence i just sort and power. of feel like people like it's so frustrating when something doesn't stream so it's like, what solves the, that Like problem? the buffering? Yeah, it's like you want to stream something, it's like, oh, Amazon Prime is down. Okay, right. And you have to, like, kind of reboot, Much, reboot right. your Apple TV and then it's okay and it works. Yeah, the videotape library system. And is so like, instead you could just rewind the videotape that you have. Okay. Pop it in. If it plays correctly, yeah. great. Which it did most of the time. Yeah, most of the time until, you know. Anyway, I feel like with technology today, VCRs are going to work smoother. So, what we talk about in this podcast is not our entertainment doings, but comic books. Right. And uh, this season, we've been talking about the Fantastic Four. That's right. Uh, man, we got Okay, so, we are now into these, Kevin, the issues we're doing this week are, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, we've spent the last, uh, two of the last three episodes, because <laughs> our format is insane. Our format is insane. Uh, discussing some of our favorite Fantastic Four issues that we've ever read that we didn't read until we were... Adults. Adults. Yeah. Uh, even though we love the Fantastic Four children. Yes. Um, we didn't discover these until we were in our 20s. Until the essential Fantastic Four volumes came out. And basically volumes three and four. Deep into that series. Yeah. So it took us forever to find these. Although they're, they're these are renowned yes. issues. These are like by everybody who is a fan of superhero comics. And, these I, and I feel like the first issue we're talking about today was probably reprinted in something that we read. That's right, yeah. Um, like a, a the best of Marvel comics. Issue 51, comics. This Man, This Monster, is, uh, is frequently reprinted because it's one of the all-time great stories. But the, uh, the other two issues, the origin of the Black Panther, the introduction of the Black Panther. Also incredible. I've never read before the Essentials. Okay, yeah. And uh, great. I mean, so last, last episode we went over the Galactus trilogy, the three issues where Galactus and Silver Surfer introduced. That's right. And nothing is bigger than that. Nothing's bigger but than Black that. Panther. Is real close, especially with this. How you know? Thanks to the movie, how, how what a huge figure he is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Although this, I mean, in my opinion, this issue is also incredible that his debut is. Yeah, it's a real fun. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he's got staying power. And the previous two, two or whatever, th- the episode where we talked about comics before Galactus, we did the Frightful Four. Well, um, before oh, no, Galactus the in, the was in humans. inhumans. Inhumans. So, what I'm trying to say here is this run of Fantastic Four, yeah. Inhumans, into Galactus, into this man, this monster, into Black, Black Panther. Panther is it makes the Beatles look like underachievers. It's about a year's worth of comics, so it's like 13 issues, yeah. And it is a hot streak. It is an insane streak. I mean, it is, it like it's like winning like 30 in a row in baseball. <laughs> it's, it's just, just it's just incredible. Like, how do you keep I, doing that. Last time I said that the issues we were talking about were a th- hundred or maybe a thousand times better than the ones before. Mm-hmm. But I think these comics that we're talking are 100,000 times better than the ones we <laughs> talked about last time. I don't know if Last I time I that said that Jack Kirby, when he made the Galactus issues, they were so good that he must have turned into a creature of light as he drew them. Mm-hmm. But I now... These issues we're doing today are so good, I think they are made of light. That, like, even if you think you were holding a print copy of this man, this monster, uh-huh. it's not paper. That is... God matter that you are holding that is like corks or something. It's not normal stuff. This man, this monster is very interesting because up till now we've just went through, uh, seven issues that were sort of like, even though we split it into two episodes, we're like one never ending roller coaster. Yeah. Galactus Trilogy was basically a chapter in the Inhumans story that had already begun because of yes. the Fantastic Four don't rest during that sequence. It's this huge like cliffhanger series, nonstop adventures for issue after issue after issue. And then last issue ended with like Johnny enrolling in college. Yeah, I mean, their pacing is... Good. It's, these stories, by the way, shouldn't work, right? They're and insane. Then, and then this issue is like a self-contained episode. This is like a... Um, it's an out of nowhere self, it, It's like a Twilight Zone It's episode. almost like a bottle episode. It's like the episode yeah. of Breaking Battery just deals with the fly the whole right. episode. It's like you could almost lift it out and it wouldn't change anything, but it's also one of the best. It's one of the best. If not the best. I think a lot of people would say this is the single greatest issue of Fantastic Four ever created. Yeah. Um, certainly under Jack Kirby's run, yeah. maybe ever. Stanley famously said it was garbage. That's not true. not true at all. I can't imagine him ever putting down any issue. He'd be like, Rom Space Knight number two is the greatest comic story ever told. Oh, way better than that garbage issue, this man, this monster. I didn't mean that. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm trying to sell this lie. Uh, I mean, it's sentimental, as yeah. we'll get into, and it's melodramatic and it's manipulative. But it is, you know, it's once again, Kirby's doing it with such earnestness. Jack Kirby, the artist sure. slash co-writer, is doing it with such earnestness and gravitas that it, man, does it work. Oh, is it good? Before we get into it, I want to discuss a couple things uh, so that this episode is too long. Yes. Uh, one, M- we've gotten a lot of feedback, and usually what they're saying is, stretch it out. Yeah, that's right. People are like, <laughs> I ha- uh, I, lo- a- I loved that I was halfway through the episode, and whatever <laughs> I was doing, I, I was driving somewhere, yeah. or whatever I was listening to, I had to like pause your podcast yeah. and listen to the rest later and I love that. follow the say. narrative. They're yeah. like, this is good. I like that when I was driving I went through multiple states while I was listening to your episode. A lot of complaints are like, why not the two hour mark? Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. One um, that I think I want to just sort of go back to talking about the Galactus uh, issues because yeah. there's one thing we didn't discuss that okay. I kind of wish we did was the Marvel's version of the Galactus story. Oh, right. Uh, it's something I thought about after the episode came out uh the podcast episode came out that yeah. we didn't talk about that and so I, set up I, I think that I is may have read the marvels version first i think me too i think i did too like i knew of galactus i knew the deal is and the marvels version is uh, we've discussed marvels a little bit on this podcast before but it is told from like the street level yeah it's the main character is a photographer for the daily bugle not peter parker but a different one yeah uh who Uh, kind of grows up with the Marvel Age and sees it kind of all happening and it's all told like through his eyes yeah so when he discusses the Galactus story it's basically a man on the sidewalk looking up and seeing the sky turn to flames right in the sky and I remember thinking when I read it in Marvel's I was like oh Galactus is doing this yes because it Marvel's doesn't tell you it's not right and it seems like that to a person on the streets, like the sky is on fire now it's filled with rocks now it's filled with rocks and now there's a giant monster on the one of the tallest buildings in the city fighting the heroes of the city yeah this must all be directly related when it was the watcher doing it as an illusion but that's never told right right uh and i just remember both loving it when i read it the first time being like this feels epic yeah and then when i read the truth i was like oh that's really cool that Galactus didn't do those. He didn't things. do the fire or the rocks. But you know, I'm remembering now, though, the Hanna Barbera cartoon series from the 1960s that we watch. They do have Galactus episodes, yeah. and I did see those. So that was probably the first, yeah, my first exposure to the story. I probably saw them too, but I don't think I remember. They didn't them. like register. Yeah, yeah. You you didn't like TV as a kid. I hate it. I hate TV. I don't think it's gonna last until they get it on videotape. <laughs> another thing i want to say listeners is kevin and i are face to face usually we have to do this remotely where i'm in los angeles and kevin's in new york but we are i'm in kevin's house for a friend's wedding that's right we're gonna go to a wedding tomorrow stop by if you want yeah we'll put put the address i mean by the time this comes out it'll be long over it'll be too late yeah but um, you can see where we were so we're in kevin's kitchen and his son is asleep upstairs and maybe your wife too Yes. And um, so we have to be kind of quiet, but I I don't know if I can. I, I might I might, I might, might lose control. <laughs> We might wake like, them up and bring them down so they can you, hear you got to get in on this, we'll say. <laughs> um, the other thing we should probably mention is that if you're longtime listeners of this season, is that the format continues to be broken and different Ruined. every single episode. Yeah. We keep saying what our format is, and we just don't do that. Like the Fantastic Four comic book itself, we're an ever-evolving yeah. template. I'm not 100% sure what format we will do for the next episode, but we are covering... Oh, I should know this we also thing. gonna have some interviews right we're gonna have guests we're gonna try to have some guests but the so, next and i'm sort of ang- i think we should try to do a guest next episode we'll see if i can get that together yeah yeah that's all on but the next shoulders. time we do about comics we're gonna we're gonna cover like 40 issues or something yeah i just there. want to tell people so they know if they're reading along this will be impossible for you so yeah we are covering 51 52 53 today yes and then our plan is to cover issue 54 through, we're covering 16 issues. So 54 to 67 plus the fifth annual. Yeah. And maybe the but fourth annual. We're not going to be going issue by issue. We're just going to be covering. We're going to go into deep detail. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll be covering it in. I definitely, in future seasons, I wanna, we're never going to pick this many issues at a batch again. It was a mistake, but we didn't know that. I disagree. Okay. Well, why don't we get into it? Let's get into it. So we're starting with um, issue 51, This Man, This Monster. Like we said, it's one of the most, uh, although I didn't read it until it was like, I saw it in a reprint probably when I was around 20 but it's one of those things that once you read it for the first time you'll start noticing references to it all the time and mm-hmm homages to it and then like you'll probably i mean i've seen reprints of it so many times since i don't know why it took so long for me to run into it i suspect i probably read it if it wasn't like reprinted in the back of something else i read like a a new fantastic Four issue with this in the back i think it was like there was like a best of marvel comics and was that red hardcover thing right yeah i I I think this was in that it was the master planner sag is in that this man this monster and actually so was so was the black panther origin story oh wow i don't remember that and then weirdly, so like must have Sasquatch versus the Hulk, or something like that. Good one. Good and then the Wrecker versus Thor, or something like that. Like that's a, a so weird collection. You'd think there would be other uh, uh, giant classics, but it's like Wolverine that? in Japan is another one. That's probably good. They're all good. It's just like, <laughs> this man, this monster, is yeah. like an iconic load bearing column of the Marvel universe. And there's no question. This issue is a thing issue. Oh yeah, it is about the thing. It is. Uh, it really exemplifies how far he's come since the monster, the angry, bitter monster we saw yeah. in issue one. He is 100% the heart of the team, and it is proven in this issue in a really fun way. You know, I should say, if you haven't read this issue, pause this podcast. And this is an issue I don't— It's short. Read it. Yeah. This one's good. This I one's think. worth it. It's it's a short, good story. You'll be If for some reason you haven't read it, you'll be so glad yeah. that you did. So, yeah, it's called This Man, This Monster. The cover has the thing. Looking down at it is— hands in disgust, although I guess it's not really the thing. That's right. Spoiler but, alert, it's yeah. not the thing. But what, what we see is the thing looking down at his hands, and uh, Reed is behind him screaming and trapped in what it looks like some sort of weird green portal and Sue is like uh full of anguish like running towards the thing begging him it seems I'm like begging yeah. him for help or, or although to for to do a Kirby something. cover this is sort of restrained like there's only yeah. two figures with their mouths agape and like fists putting forward like there's a calm repose I mean of the this thing. issue is a restrained issue yeah even though it really deals with a negative zone for the first real time. Let's get into it. I can't wait. Oh, the the first, I already love the splash and, and page. The splash page it's is so great. <laughs> <laughs> the splash page is no dialogue, which I can't believe Stanley didn't put it's, four word balloons on that. I know. Well, you know and only no real caption. Well, basically one caption. You know what? Stanley? For for all of his faults and his over-showmanship and his over-hypement and his, and his crazy personality. Yeah. Dying too young dying yeah he didn't last long enough was a good editor of these stories and i think he had great judgment over how to sell them present them and he really and i think he did know when to back off both in terms of jokes and yeah. his own like undercutting i'm sure there's lots of exceptions to this but for the master planner saga he nailed it and yeah. for this issue he nails it and he's and he's been on a tear for these issues too like the dialogue's incredibly perfect yeah. for these stories yeah he's a huge huge part of course <coughs> almost half as important as he would tell you that he was <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the cover of this, uh, or the the splash cover, page. this splash page is the thing standing in, outside in the rain, just like dripping wet. Yeah. Just very, in a torrential downpour. Very Will Eisner, right? It looks like something out of yeah. the spirit. And we have a non-jokey credits balloon. Stanley writer. Jack Kirby penciler. I mean, that is not fair. Joe Sinnott, Inker. Artie Simic. Letterer. You know, we, we don't have the normal, like, yeah. you know, written in the Shakespearean style of whatever, you know. Yeah. I should also mention that we we talked a little bit about Joe Sinnott when he took over but because I post these things on Instagram, I'm, I'm I'm staring at the differences every day when I post. Like, I yeah. just recently started posting the Joe Sinnott yeah. uh, panels, and they are so good. They're so good. They're so next level from what even has been done. Like, even the good anchors that have preceded him. He, he's amazing, and I'm he, really glad he was the anchor by the time this issue came out. He gets the he does get a lot of credit for his contributions to the FF, but it's the kind of thing where a lot of people don't know the anchors, and he's it's like a great DP, and you only you, it's like if you don't know the DP, but you and you only know the director. And I wish I could think of an example of this. To I say, don't know DP, but um, but it's kind of like that. Like he's so he's so crucial. Let's go. Yeah. On, let's go on from the so first that's, page. That's one page. That's panel one. Oh, <laughs> these already look so good. So page two. So last issue, this was kind of set up. Thing was like. Sad that his girlfriend Alicia was paying a lot of attention to the Silver Surfer. That's right. This is a, this is a mode that we've seen him go into where he's just very down on himself for being a creature and like nobody. Yes. He thinks nobody loves him, and so he's in that mood, right? So, uh, that started last issue. He's walking around the streets. He's thinking to himself, "I'll never be human again. I'll live. I'll die just the way I am." Cops see him, but he is a known beloved figure, mm-hmm. so they. You know, they check up on him. They're friends. Yeah. 60s Marvel Comics, cops are good guys, always. Yeah, and he doesn't even really accept their... They're just like, we're just worried about you. And he doesn't even believe them. They tried to be helpful. Yes, some chance. Um, Want to lift, big fella? Guy could catch a cold like that. Anything wrong, you look kind of beat. And uh, yeah, Thing's not having it. Um, that he just sends them on their way. And like you said, yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. He said, uh, yeah, they yeah. tried to be helpful. Yeah, some chance. How do you help an orange-skinned freak whose gal gave him the air? Which she didn't do. She didn't do it. The thing overreacted. So then we then we meet the villain of this issue. Yes. Uh, um, who we saw briefly last issue, but not. we didn't learn anything about. Now we uh-huh. get a real introduction to him. Yeah. And none of that really matters. We, do, so we, we, don't, we don't, don't ever get his name, do we? I don't know. I don't think we do. And he's like maybe one of the most famous... He's the villain in the, one of the most famous stories in Marvel history. Yeah, well, he doesn't make it through. This guy shows up. He's got um, he's kind of a red skull looking uh, facial structure, but he is just a normal dude. Yeah, he's got big, the bald big brow, super crow magnon level brow, yeah. um, bald as heck. Invites thing in, um, you know, just being sweet as pie. Although we, this is basically like the witch inviting Hansel and Gretel into her cabin, mm-hmm. um, but he like gives them some tea. This is like a very Steve Ditko page. Like a guy yeah. at home like making stuff and steam pouring off. Steve Ditko doesn't draw a great thing otherwise. I think Steve Ditko would draw a great version of this guy, though. Oh, yeah. It is. You know, Kirby is amazing. Usually you think of Kirby doing epic, yeah. you know, celestial creatures with, like, Kirby Crackle and, like, an insane machine and 50 demons of a species yet yeah. defined running around. But he is also good just at, like the mundane sort of like action of a guy making dinner for the thing like these these panels look pretty yeah i mean this is just uh uh the weird bald dude and the thing walking around a room together but it it pops and i think a lot of that is just either kirby being smart or just his natural talent and just drawing the eye across the page knowing when to do close-ups when to pull away all that sort of stuff. And just what insane confidence i mean he just any idea he had he believed he could do and i think That his talent matched with his confidence, just what what a prolific. Well, you know, I'm not the first person to say how important Jack Kirby is. So, what's happening here? Our bald guy is saying that he was spurned for his crazy theories. Yeah, he's going to destroy the Fantastic Four. Uh, Proof for all this, uh, for all time, that I'm the mental superior of Reed Richards, which is you know, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, pal. Uh, He drugs the thing. The thing like conks out on his couch. That's right. Um, and then he pulls out his Kirby machine and it attaches yeah. it to him. Right. He opens up his closet, inside of which is just a insane gadget that looks almost like the intestines of the creature from Alien, um, which he straps to Ben Grimm's wrist, the Thing's wrist. He attaches some huge antenna. I mean, Kirby can't help but do crazy head. Yes. Uh, and then basically this guy takes the Thing's body. Yeah. Which is an insane. So now machine. the guy is the thing, and he leaves uh, Ben. Now the thing is Ben Grimm again. Yeah, but he's out cold. He's unconscious. He doesn't know this. So human Ben Grimm is unconscious on the couch of this spurned, unnamed spurned scientist's living room. Yep. and bad guy has the body of the thing. I mean, right? I gotta say, he's making good on his threat. This is a good first move. From it's great first move. I mean, when <laughs> Doom did things like this, he just made a perfect robot's uh, simulacrum. Yeah. of the thing. This guy became the thing. Became the next thing. level. Uh, and it's this, a bold move. I mean, then, the thing's been in his apartment for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, he sort of lucked into the thing showing up there. I don't know if he did some sort of mental thing to make him show up. I don't think. He, I don't think he did. Uh, he just saw his chance. Oh and, yeah, no, he did. I wonder what made me walk to this neighborhood. Almost like something was pulling me. Uh, the thing says so, so. It's implied that this guy somehow got some mental lured thing. Okay, thing. probably hypnosis. So our our I'm gonna call him villain thing because sure. I don't think he's named. So villain thing yeah is is now loose. We cut to the Baxter building. Uh, Reed is as always mid gadget. Sue, just like a whiny female that she is, is pestering him. Right? Yeah. Uh, Reed is angry that Sue is bothering him, and Reed is working on some sort of device to protect earth from other galactus level threats he's like oh, if this happened once we weren't prepared yeah i'm not going to be caught with my pants down when a creature that eats planets shows up i'm gonna, and this device that looks something like a combination of a helicopter and power drill is the thing to do it mm-hmm. um sue's worried about um galactus coming back mm-hmm. um She's also saying she's making reference to a machine in a lead-lined room that he won't tell her about. Right. Which is a foreshadowing for later in this issue. That's right. Important. Um, in walks villain Thing, who weirdly is able to also talk like Thing. Yeah. Because the first thing he says is, what's this about a locked room, Stretcho?" Yeah. It's like he must have studied Ben's vocal patterns yeah. or something. Yeah. That's one of the joys of a comic book where you don't have to question how yeah. he gets the perfect voice to match this. Um, ben, you're back. Sure, it's nice of you to notice. I mean, he's got like Ben's sense of humor and stuff. Yep. It doesn't quite make sense, but um, who cares? Uh, he so he fools Reed and Sue, hook, line, and sinker, that he's the real thing. And Reed immediately puts the thing to work. Yeah, um, lift up this crazy machine. Uh, villain thing has never been asked to move a floor to ceiling size. <laughs> sure, he, um, he it metal looks housing, heavy. and uh, he he goes, "What? Me move that?" Quit clowning, Ben. I'm working against time. Every minute counts. Oh, yeah, sure. I guess you can lift it if you want me to. It's kind of funny. Forgets that he is this rock elemental. Yep, He's right. now able to lift things, which he... And when he lifts it up, he goes, hey, how about that? With one hand yet. <laughs> yes. gonna... You know what? I love this comic. <laughs> it's really funny. He's really <laughs> impressed by how strong he is. Uh, but then Ben Grimm arrives, Well, Oh, yeah. Ben Grimm walks in. Can I also say, can I hate to be this guy? Okay. Um, Sue looks beautiful once Joe Sennett starts uh, inking her. Sure. Like, she just looks so much better i mean she was always uh pretty um well, this she is looks real now too. yeah yeah she just um they don't look great i mean we've got now this is like macho reed yeah even johnny he had sort of a snivelly rat face and some of those early issues right they're all hunks now they're all oh, it's, it's a uh, sexy team i love it yeah me, me too i want to marry him i will marry all four of the fantastic four um they also have a weird they have that kennedy brow you know they have that like that strong brow of the of the massachusetts yeah, kennedys sure, sure. i don't you ever heard of the kennedys i haven't um, um, I'll is there a comic them. book about them <laughs> i don't think so is that dc um there might be a what if <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> uh, what if john f kennedy was in the fantastic four um okay so ben grimm shows up he's human um we don't go into the negative zone because it's easy by 1969 we will send a man to the negative zone (laughs) and return him safely to earth reed whispers in his ear oh guess we did that this morning (laughs) what is is president kennedy talking about (laughs) um ben grimm shows up and he's furious uh he looks at villain thing all right smart guy talk how'd you do it how'd you turn yourself into the thing i said talk and the villain thing is holding his ground wait till i stop trembling sonny um, Reed is totally confused. They obviously recognize Ben Grimm. Yep. But the Thing proves he's a Thing by like crushing some random piece of Picks metal. Picks up a titanium steel bar and crushes it. And that is enough to convince Reed and Sue that they believe Thing Thing and not Ben Grimm Thing. Which makes sense. I mean, Reed can't cure the Thing. Yeah. It's not within his believability that someone could fix him. And I guess it would be easier for somebody to imitate human Ben Grimm than the rock creature. Yeah. So I guess there's some logic here. I love this picture of Ben Grimm at the bottom of page seven when he's yelling and points. Yeah. This is a very Hulk picture. I yeah. feel like this is like General Thunderbolt Ross. I mean, this is definitely 60s comics where Ben is far too angry. Too fast. Like, I wouldn't believe him either. He's screaming at me so much. I don't think... He must be lying. I mean, the, these 60s stories have to move so fast. They have no time for nuance. Um... Uh, so he's like, okay, you don't believe me, fine. Uh, you want to play footsie with him? Go ahead. What do I care? It's your funeral. Maybe he'll teach you a lesson for once. Reed Richards, boy genius. What a laugh. Yeah, there's a little disconnect here. He was walking around moping that he's not human. He is human right now, right? Yeah. Shouldn't he have like at least a little bit of a celebration for that? No. He storms off. We're left with Reed, Sue, and Faith. Do we even know where Johnny is in any of this? Johnny, I don't think, is in this issue. I don't think so either. Did we Sorry even explain it? Sorry to uh, share, Shelly. Shelley. Our human torch correspondent. Ugh, she's going to be upset um, maybe she'll know the reason why. Johnny probably had a good reason. Yeah. Uh, they Human Ben thing storms off. Reed is obsessed with this new invention, the lead-lined room that Sue referred to, the thing that's going to protect them against Galactus. Reed starts putting—so he's eager to experiment with this. So he kind of doesn't spend a lot of time scrutinizing the yeah. problem. And Reed's talking about that we need to be able to move faster than light. And so we have seen this before. There was an issue where they went through subspace to get to the scroll. Planets. That's right. That's what this is about. Again, mm-hmm. Reed has created some sort of door that you can enter and do that. Theoretically, this is for traveling great distances. I mean, this is another huge part of the Fantastic Four mythos. Part that's about to be introduced. The bottom of page eight. What a dramatic! We see the close-up of Reed's hand. Uh, opening some latch below a sign that says danger, experiment, space-time. <laughs> and then let's get into it. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> oh, it is yes. machine. is crazy. It is an MC Escher. Like, I'm sure this machine, this is not a schematic. You could not make this machine in real life. Reed calls it it's just one, one, one of several full-size pages in this issue. Reed calls it a r- huge radical cube designed to create an entrance into subspace, which is the area I must explore, which yeah. we're later going to call the Negative Zone. It's later going to be renamed the Negative Zone. If, if I had a complaint about this issue, was, I just wish it was called the Negative Zone, since that's what we know it as. But this is the Negative Zone that yep. they're entering. This is the first uh, creation of the door in the Baxter building that leads to the Negative Zone that still exists Like it's through stories throughout. Yeah. In fact, the fan fiction story we wrote involved the negative zone. That's right. Oh, yeah. Kevin and I wrote zero. an issue of the Fantastic Four in the late 90s. For ourselves. The unpublished. Yeah. Um, it was in lined notebook paper. That's right. We bro- broke it out by panels. We yeah. kept giving ourselves gold medals <laughs> that's referred, throughout the script over how we good lined. our moves were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Johnny was singing Getting Jiggy With It as I recall we yes, wanted yes, it to be yeah, the, we current to the time that's right. <laughs> that's right that story's available for sale Marvel Comics yeah, if you want to print if that you're interested we won't change the references <laughs> um, okay so Reed gets on this helmet he's in front of this radical cube um, I think we had like 12 panels a page. We couldn't fit it all in. <laughs> I don't know how Kirby does it. The Our story was insane. Yeah. I mean, I, it, was it was very perfect. Complicated. I agree. The, the, the prose is purpling up. Stan is getting ready for his hyperbolic dialogue, which is well suited to the story. Reed, wait. Take me with you. Please, let me go too. Let like, me be a central character in this narrative. Reason. I can't, my darling. But no. Know, <laughs> but knowing that you're here, waiting, I'll come back, though Satan himself should bar the way. Yeah, she's also a superhero, Reed. You could let her go. Mm. Oh, I forgot about this. We cut oh, to... So we do have a Johnny. Johnny's in college. Great. So I we, knew he was in college. I just, for some reason, thought it wasn't even uh, talked about in this issue. I remember this now. So we're, we weirdly just... Not weirdly, but it's kind of a break in the drama. We cut to Johnny at college um, where everybody's kind of gathered around wondering if he's really the human torch. And he proves it by lighting, igniting is- his thumb. And then some guy who's got to have the dumbest sense of self-preservation in the world After he has proved he's the Human Torch, pours water on his head. One of the most famous superheroes in the world. A man who is made of flame. (laughs) Possibly one of the most popular superheroes in the Marvel Universe. Beloved. Maybe next to Captain America, he might be the second most popular. Like to a a person on the street. Yeah. Um, Just like everybody loves him. He is a hero. He has saved the world multiple times. He's a good looking dude with a sports car. Yeah. Um, But this um, guy starts bullying him. His, it's Whitey Mullins, right? This is the this is the um, the disgruntled quarterback that Johnny's roommate Wyatt Wingfoot's going to replace at some point. Yeah, sort of in a subplot aside that gets lost, but um, or maybe it doesn't. I can't remember. But yeah, I think it gets referenced, but it's almost not important. White, Whitey Mullins tries to humiliate Johnny, and uh, you know what? Is Johnny could murder this guy like, yeah, in yeah. one second. They're about to get into a fight, and then Wyatt Wingfoot steps up. Who is? a giant man yes, like yes. Whitey Moans, who is towering over everybody is dwarfed by the presence of Wyatt Wingfoot. Yeah. Um, who kind of like breaks up the fight by telling him to stand down. Oh, but then the Dean comes in. Oh, it's the coach, <laughs> the football coach arrives and kind of doesn't yeah. want his quarterback getting into trouble and he breaks it up. Yeah. And the quarterback begrudgingly listens to his coach and kind of storms off. Yeah. It's unessential to this storyline. It's basically, it's building up this storyline about this quarterback, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. It barely resonates in the next sixty issues. It's I, you know, it's because in Spider in Spider Man, these type of stories become the soul of the series. Yes, and maybe, maybe maybe Stan and Jack are like, oh, we have to, we need to have some human balance to our star stories in the FF. But you really don't. I mean, the Strange Tales, uh, the Human Torch's solo book mm-hmm. has ended at this point. Okay. So this might be them trying to bring some of that in. Okay. But I, it doesn't really play. You don't like it. You don't like it. I don't I don't, I don't mind it. It's just they don't do anything with it. So then it feels pointless. Okay. So Wyatt Wingfoot is here. The coach sees him and starts drooling and just like has got to get him to play football for the team. And his, Wyatt Wingfoot's father played. Right. And so the coach knows that this guy's got the genetic goods yeah, right. to save whatever college this is. Yeah. And so it ends with a coach saying, we got to make him play. Yeah. I mean, Kirby did like, you know, yeah. 10 million genre books in the 50s, like yeah. Western sports, romance. He's, he'll do whatever story you want. Okay. So bottom of page 12, we get back to our main, the main event. Reed is going to enter subspace, which we now know as the negative zone. Yes. And um, it must be explored and conquered for the good of mankind. He tells his wife. An evil thing is already being won over by Reed. Yeah. I always thought he was just a glamour pants. He's thinking. Glamour pants. Yeah, you no, that old phrase. <laughs> uh, out for all the dough and glory he could get, but he's tackling a job that might that won't net him a plugged nickel, and he's doing it without any, without any fanfare or any publicity so he's already being impressed by reed reed richards the man he's jealous of yeah he's starting to get to know him. oh now we're into the <laughs> yes. page 13 we are into it now reed, reed is entering reed, the negative zone which goes to get there you have to enter through some serious kirby crackle <laughs> you go through a whole panel of kirby crackle just a soup of it yeah right he's well what reed says is it's it's the void created in the space-time dimensional barrier yes then he goes into it. That's, that's a, clear. You don't need dialogue. To yeah, that's that. obvious to us. Then the next panel is the four-dimensional universe as seen with three-dimensional vision. This is like some Doctor Strange looking stuff. Yes, that's here. right. And then in panel four, everything's moving faster. Now the universe has become a vast kaleidoscope of light and sound. I mean, I'm getting excited. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm at the very edge of. He's not even in subspace yet. This is just entering. This is pre subspace. Yeah, this is pre subspace. I'm finally approaching my goal. I'm at the very edge of subspace. This is in his. Manhattan high rise. Yeah, and all the thing has to do is hold this cable to to pull it back in. It's like a tether for a reed. Yes, I'm assuming that reed's going to get like yanked around like crazy by some unseen forces. Yes, remember, Ben, don't let go of that line. My life is in your hands. Yeah. Evil thing. He's put his life in the hands of evil thing. Who uh, hates Reed more than anyone else. Yeah. This is a good story. <laughs> All right. So the next page, he dies. Reed dies. Reed and dies. And that's the end of the story. And that's why yeah. it's one of the most famous Fantastic <laughs> right. Four Plastic. issues. Reed Richards dies. That's right. That's why you've never heard of him. On page 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why you've never heard of this We character. go back to Whitey Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, no, the next one is a photo page of Reed in subspace, which is, and it's got one of my favorite Stanley dialogues of all time. May I read it? Yes. You. I want to hear you read it. Mm, all right. Actually, now, uh, <laughs> a lot like, of pressure. It's your favorite line of dialogue of all time. <laughs> don't screw it up for me. All right. Make this count. Um, I've, I've done it. <laughs> no, no, don't do it. Not like my. <laughs> no, not not like that. Is that not right. Like that. That's no. sort of my Reed voice. No, that's terrible. I've done it. Yeah. I'm drifting into a world of limitless dimensions. It's the crossroads of infinity, the junction to everywhere. <laughs> that that dialogue juxtaposed with this crazy photo collage of like, like planets and rings and stuff, yeah, and like the spirals. It, it's it, so it, cool. It like Also, looks like it's in a cave underneath a staircase. There's a lot going on here. Um, I just love that they loved this comic so much that they would put it all out in the line and try yeah. new stuff and like comics did not have any of the respect that they have now. I don't think. Um, and Marvel comics in particular was not, I mean, it was becoming huge and huge, but it's not the juggernaut it is now. Yeah. It was sort of like this cult classic on college campuses. It was like this kind of groovy, you know, yeah. deep cut that if you were like a cool kid in college, you knew about Marvel cool nerd. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't some even know sort of hipster tape, yeah. you know, and like the Kirby is and, and, stan are doing, um, you know, high quality work just out of their own love of the game. I mean, these are the comics that imprinted on the next generation of comic book writers too. It's like these are the comics that lured in all these great talented writers and artists who are just like, oh, this is what I want to yeah, do. Danny O'Neill, you know, yeah. is being sucked in by this. Gary um, Conway, Jerry Conway, Roy Thomas, of course, is just is very shortly going to be working mm-hmm. for Marvel Comics. I think. Yeah, but they and, all come in as kids. They're so young when they start because yeah. they all like just grew up with this stuff. Yeah. And even like Alan Moore, if Alan Moore was too young to be reading this when it came out, it was—I mean, Jack Kirby is huge for Alan Moore. Sure. And the last issue of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which just came out, ends with an homage to the wedding because uh, there's a wedding in it and Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill try to get into the wedding and are not allowed in. Ugh. And it is just beat for beat. An Alan Moore version of Stanley and Kirby getting kicked out of the wedding. I remember a Swamp Thing story that Alan Moore did, and it's got some sort of Kirby character in it. Uh, I think the demon. That makes sense. Yeah, the uh, one of the, one of the characters of the Swamp Thing journeys to hell and meets the demon, which is a Jack Kirby creation. Yes, and so it's a lot of demon, and at the end of it. Uh, Alan writes in text dedicated with awe and affection to Jack Kirby, who was still alive at the time he did this story. And I was like, "What a phrase! Yeah. Dedicated with awe and affection." Well, Alan Moore looks down on almost everyone who makes comic books because he thinks they're not creating anything new. Yeah, they're just doing the same old stuff. Yeah, he thinks he created something new, which he did. Yeah, and he's like, everyone else is just regurgitating what I did or what Kirby did. Yeah, and so he must look at Kirby as like, oh, at least one of the guy elevated the art form. He definitely has Alan's respect. And and um, it's pages like this that, I mean, some people think these photo clauses are too much, but. I did as a kid. W- whether you do or not, it's the intent behind them is so special, I think. Just like giving a shit about your job. As a kid, these pages seemed like a waste to me. I was like, get to the stuff. Like, yeah. It's just like, I didn't, splash pages in general probably felt like a waste, but these photo ones almost felt like. Doubly indulgent. Yeah. It's just like, well, uh, well, this looks, this doesn't match everything else. But now, as an adult, I'm sort of like, I sort of dig them. <laughs> it's yeah. just like so weird. There's such love. Uh, okay, page 15. Um, Reed is in subspace, which is this kind of like, uh, he's jumping from asteroid to asteroid. And everything is getting sucked in into basically a anti antimatter Earth. Yeah, he sees a mirror Earth, basically. Everything's getting sucked into it, and it's... Explodes when it gets into the atmosphere. Yeah, the exact logic here is a little bit lost on me, but Reed is being sucked to his yeah, doom. It's explained by Reed, and we just take it on faith. This this exact setup ha- comes back a few times uh, in the rest of this run. This is like a big part of subspace for a while. Subspace slash the negative zone. Uh, anyway, so Reed's getting sucked into this earth where he, if, when he reaches it, he will explode and die instantly. Um, so he's pulling the line indicating Ben to... Save him, right? Yeah. Ben has to feel my tugging. He's got to pull me back while he still can. And bottom of page 15, what an awesome uh, shot of Reed in, like, full horror mode. Nothing's happening. If he fails me now, I'm doomed. Ben, where are you? Ben, Ben. And And we know that it's not Ben. It's not Ben. It's evil thing. Yeah. Yeah. We see, what is Evil Thing doing? Okay, and he does feel the tugging. He's tugging. All I got to do is ignore him, and I'll have beaten the one man I always envied. The one man no one else could ever defeat. But all of a sudden, I don't envy him anymore. I I never knew how brave he was, how unselfish. This goes on. Um, All these years when I thought I never got the breaks. now I know the truth. It was my fault, nobody else's. I wouldn't work hard enough. I wouldn't make the sacrifices that a Reed Richards would. I never saw things so clear before. It's it's almost like I've really become the thing, not just an imitation. He's like absorbing the thing's integrity or something yeah. like that. Um, I think read that part too. Okay. I never did a worthwhile thing in my whole life, but now I finally got the chance. I can really be Ben Grimm. I'll do it. I got to do it. I'll save Richards. And out loud, he says to Sue, who's been begging him to pull the rope. Don't worry, lady. I'll get him now. Um, but when he pulls the rope, he's, like, waited too long. The force on the other end has become too strong, and it snaps. That's right. So now Reed is dead. Reed is plummeting to his death. Yeah. Um, and this is where... I mean, this is like Kid Who Collects Spider-Man level If He drama. pulled him out and then walked away and left. It's a pretty good story. You get That's a good backup feature. Yeah. But this it goes a different direction. Ben leaps ahead uh, and jumps into subspace. To he see. chases after, like, the, the cable that's being sucked into this portal. But... It's too late. And thing, evil thing gets sucked through. He goes through. He grabs onto it like a fishing line that's being pulled by a, a race car or whatever. Right. And, and he gets pulled through the Kirby crackle. He goes through the four, three, dimensional. four dimensional scene through three dimensional eyes, the kaleidoscope of vision. Yeah. And he lands on the meteor, meteor or whatever, flying into the anti-earth. But he's just as doomed as Reed. That's right. And Reed is mad at him a little bit. You've been, you fool. You shouldn't have come after me. Now we're both doomed. You were just supposed to pull the line when I tugged, old friend. I, I didn't want this to happen to you, starts to get said. In a few seconds, we'll reach the atmosphere below, and it'll mean instant death. If only you hadn't come. Uh, and this is just making Evil Thing even more depressed. Yeah. So this is how it's going to end. And even now, he's worried more about me than himself. He's more and more impressed by Reed. Reed, <laughs> yeah. who, between you he's you a jerk. and I, think, think he's a jerk. He's a but jerk. this is the good side of Reed. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's just is shouting it with a scowl well, on his face. Yeah, but. well, he respects men. So the bottom <laughs> of page 17, last panel, they're shaking hands. This is very, like, army style, going to our death. Yeah. Brace yourself, Ben. We did the best we could. One could do no more. You were the greatest partner a man ever had. And That's the guy I spent years hating, being jealous of. I eaten, I ain't even worth his little pinky. Thinking like Ben. He thinks like Ben. It's just weird. Okay, so then here's the ultimate act of the thing, He uh, of the story. The thing, evil thing, grabs Reed and hurdles him like a baseball back towards the entrance of subspace, dooming himself. Right. And Reed asks, Ben, what are you doing? And he thinks to himself, the only worthwhile thing I ever did in my whole wasted life, even the strength which I now possess, I stole from another. But maybe I can use that strength to even the score somehow. And threw him back. And he doesn't know if it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I tossed him back in exactly the same direction I came from. He's out of sight now, so I'll never know. So long, Richards. I hope you make it. Yeah. And then he sits down. And waits for his death. And, f- and floats towards his anti-earth and explodes into death. Yeah. It's gra- I mean, it's great. Uh, it's very melodramatic and, and, and lovely. And he's, and he's weirdly happy. As for me, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Not many men get a second chance to make up for the rotten things they've done in their lifetime. I guess I'm luckier than most. I got that chance. For I finally learned what it means to have a friend. I love which it. Is a, it's a, obviously a very, it's a little overwritten. It sure. feels a little bit like the comics prior to Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. Yeah. But, ugh, it works. I be- love it. It's, I mean, it also works because it's built on 40 issues of us knowing these characters. Yeah. Like we know the thing. We know Reed Richards. This moment works. This guy stole the thing's powers mm-hmm. and look, mm-hmm. and then he got the thing's heart. He could <laughs> not get that part. Yeah. Um, and the, even the drawing is really moving the his little asteroid floating yeah. off into the distance to its doom. If it was Doctor Doom on it, it would be hilarious. <laughs> I know, but it's <laughs> a thing, so it's melodramatic. It's, and our, it's our unnamed. It's our unnamed man. Meanwhile, Ben is in a suit. He's human, so he's going to see his girlfriend Alicia to win her back. Yeah. Uh, even though she can't see, I'm still kind of nervous to be facing her like a normal man. This is what I always dreamed of. If only it had. If only it had happened some other way. He's still worried about yeah evil thing. I remember. But um, as he's knocking on the door, he transforms back into rock creature. Yeah, so he doesn't um, even knock on Or he maybe does knock once. Uh, yeah, he does. Alicia answers, but Ben has run away. Um, <laughs> I like what the thing says when he first turns into the thing. I've become the thing again. Now I can go back and clobber that creep who's posing as me. <laughs> first thought is, I can go clobber that guy. We cut back to the Baxter building, it's the entrance to the subspace portal, and Reed is being thrown back to safety. We see him land yeah. to safety. Uh, yeah, and, and Reed is upset. He thinks ben, ben is dead. Ben saved Reed's life and, and killed and let himself die. Um yeah, I owe him my life, he says to Sue. And he's just, he's completely devastated. Yeah, he's covering his face. It's my fault, Sue. He's almost as upset as if Sue interrupted one of his experiments. No, not that mad. The, the line, line told the line I told him to hold it. It must have pulled him into subspace. And Sue witnessed it. No, darling, no, he didn't do as you said. He waited too long until the line snapped. I saw him. Yeah, he disobeyed you like I disobey you all the time by <laughs> entering into your personal lab. Or <laughs> trying to make myself an actual member of this team. Yeah. Then the thing, the real thing, comes walking in. That phony must have bit the dust and they still think he was me. The jawbreak and egg-headed square. He does have feelings after all. So he's seeing what Reed would look like if he was dead. Yeah. It's kind of a... Uh, Mark Twain um, Tom Sawyer moment yeah, yeah, Tom Sawyer goes to his own funeral except it's over in one panel yeah it's like <laughs> one panel we get all of we get all of the adventures of Tom really, Sawyer panel. Really all of Mark Twain <laughs> is in that panel that Kirby is like I can sum it up yeah Ben calls their attention they see that he's alive they're so excited and then they put it together what happened in the last three panels um, Ben's like what happened to that guy who tried to replace me and Reed's, Reed knows what happened like he made yeah. good Somehow at the last minute, some of your own heroism reached out through the endless void and touched him. Love it. It's cheesy. <laughs> the thing's reaction is, huh? <laughs> I still like to got my own paws on him just once. It's too late for that now, old friend. We'll never know what monstrous things he had done in the past, what monstrous plans he had made. But one thing's for certain, he paid the full price and he paid it like a man. Yeah. Reed's into his villain's dying, so he's pro- Yeah, and he's into manhood too. I mean, like, yeah. Um, what, a, what a great story. It's what really a great good. Great little, just in the middle of these huge long cliffhanger epics. It's 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 almost like um, showing off. Yeah, like we can still do a one issue story. Yeah, I mean it. It starts at the beginning of this issue. I mean, some of it was foreshadowed. Some of the characters, popped yeah. In, yeah. But it really starts this issue. and ends this issue, which has not happened for a long while. Yeah. And and it, but it, so there were a lot of like one issue stories in the early days uh-huh. of the Fantastic Four. And how much better is this story, though? Yeah, it, I mean the characters are you know fleshed out, and it's just so much more balanced, and it's a, it's a, it's so great. So let's take our break, Will Hines. Okay, well, we Will, we'll take our break and be right back. Uh, This is Will and Kevin from Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. And hey, if you're enjoying this podcast... Maybe try listening to our first season Yeah, maybe We started this podcast by doing a whole season 50 episodes all about Spider-Man comics We even did it under a different name Screw it, we're just going to talk about Spider-Man uh, And we did one episode for each issue of the original comic book run That was done by Spidey's creators, Steve Ditko and Stan Lee Plus we spent time talking about the Spider-Man movies The recent video game One on Steve Ditko, one on Stan Lee And lots of other fun stuff And all those episodes are still up They should be part of the same feature to use to get this podcast. So if you're a fan of Spider Man, uh, check those out. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. But in this case, we're just talking about the first season where we talk about Spider Man, all from Campfire Media. And we are back. <laughs> well, we really wanted to. Tell, we basically read that comic. Yeah, I, know, I know, I <laughs> know. We lost our mind. We read like a, about a third of it, a little bit less than we read of probably the issue Master 33 planner. of uh that i don't Spider-Man. apologize for no people thanked us for that <laughs> stanley and ditko both thanked us for doing that that's right maybe only one of them was dead only, by the time we only one of them was I dead at ditko that moment was yeah. dead um his dying words that were like thank you in advance Hines, Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you were the fans i do appreciate <laughs> yeah, yeah i like spider-man again <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe, issue maybe we killed him um, I would the heart grew and, and... His heart grew three sizes yeah, and, and popped it, and it blew up. Yeah, we, we filled him up with too much love. Uh, we killed Ditko with love. So we'll do this a little bit faster, Yeah, uh, but we're going to cover issues 52 and 53. This is the Black Panther. Yeah, the introduction of the Black Panther, um, you know, who becomes an incredibly major character in Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. I'd say he really doesn't come into his own until the 80s, right? Like, that's when uh, Christopher Priest starts. That's not the 80s. Is that 90s? Ah, uh, at best um late 90s maybe i when did, when was marvel knights i'll find out in one second um well he's a popular character right away and and, and he's and it's a great story I sh- i'm sure there's great black panther stories I mean, there definitely is uh throughout Gregor this, and uh, jungle action i think was the name of the title had a great uh-huh. storyline yeah. but i never really, that title doesn't age badly no, it may just horribly <laughs> um and uh, but The, the character's uh, great, and he becomes a big part of the Marvel Universe right away. Of course, with the movie out um, last year, 2018, um, oh, man, I can't believe his presence different. in popular culture is really cemented. I mean, what an, uh, one of my favorite Marvel movies. This opening story is great. I mean, you know, sometimes characters have kind of a weird debut, and then they, they kind of get made great later. Uh, I think Wolverine is one of those. 1998. Wow, okay. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like, I don't know if I ever—I mean, Black Panther for sure showed up in comics I was reading. Yeah, the, uh, the, the Wakanda mythology would just show up, too. And I remember when uh, Marvel Knights was this thing where—so Marvel had done Heroes Reborn, mm-hmm. where they had given Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, and the Avengers mm. to Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and said, you guys make these comics— separate from our continuity. Okay. Do it every We can't do it. We can't sell these guys. We, who can make a good Avengers story? Not yeah. Marvel. Right. But maybe uh, Jim Lee and Ralph Leefield can. Okay. Uh, and so for 12 issues, those two guys ran the show. And it sold pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of it, Marvel's like, this is stupid. We should take our characters back. Right. It was a one-year deal. They're like, all right, we'll take them back now. But then they followed it up with Marvel Knights, which was basically a little different. Like, so Joe Quesada and jimmy uh, palmietta mietti i'm mangling that name uh were uh, a creative duo who uh did like a, an indie comic called i think ash and they, they were uh, did some uh, one ink to one pencil but they also mm. wrote their own comics and they basically said like oh how about we'll do the same thing but we'll keep it in continuity we'll just okay. be like an imprint within marvel comics and our only i think their only thing was like you got to give us daredevil Oh, okay. You give us Daredevil, and then whoever else you got laying around. Okay. And we'll do something like that. And maybe it was like you give us a selection, we'll okay. pick from it, or whatever it was. And then, because they had Kevin Smith lined up to do Daredevil. Okay. Uh, and I, don't know, I wasn't a big fan of that run, but obviously Kevin Smith is a big name. It big name really movie well. director, yeah. And Christopher Priest was given Black Panther. Okay. And it was the longest... I think after, after 12 issues, it rejoined the Marvel Universe and ran for like 60 issues. It was the longest running Black Panther series ever. Yeah. By far. And that's what I read. I was just reading everything and by Marvel And he created the, the agent, <clears throat> right? The one that was played by Martin Freeman right. in the movie. Yeah. Who yeah. also becomes a big character he, in the Black agent Panther. Agent Ross. And he created a lot of the mythos. The movie owes a lot to Priest's version of Black Panther, which owes a lot to Kirby's. Uh-huh. Um, but the, the Dora Miju... The female warriors that are sort of his honor guard. Yeah. I think he created those. Right. Um, he basically made Wakanda like a real place. He fleshed out the details of that civilization. Sort of, he like read all these comics and sort of like crafted a version of Black Panther that sort of could exist in all those things. But that was cool and interesting. Yeah. Um, and I just bought it because I was like, "Well, oh, I'll try all these Marvel Knights books because I'm interested in this. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this one is so good. And I love the Black Panther now because of that comic series. Yeah. Uh, which I, at that point, had read The Essentials of Black Panther. But I don't even think that had impacted on me as much as Priest's version of it. Right. Um, well, it's, it, you know. But the, a lot of it is here already. I, I love this story. I can only say what my experience is of this story. And I love it. And I love I mean, Wakanda. The aspect of I, Wakanda being this super high-tech civilization in the Africa, heart of Africa. Yeah. Which I think is essential Exists already in the Kirby's version. Yeah. And that is a crazy high concept idea. It's, it's hard for me to know the significance of a black superhero in 1968 or whatever this is mm-hmm. and the decisions they made or didn't. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not qualified to speak to it. I can say that I could imagine a version of this that would date really badly. Yeah. Like with like jive talk or something like that. and Any like name and weird has... The color of the person's skin... In the title. In the title. But he's named after... I mean, they, they get around that a little bit in that he is named after an actual Black Panther. Yes. Um, but uh, it's rough to have a Black superhero named Black, <laughs> not just the Panther. Right, right, right. Um, which would also work. A Panthers are Black. Yes, that's right. Um, but... Okay, so, you know, it's not my place to give a grade to it. I'll just say that— I have no no idea the impact of it It This story is really fun. The character is great. Wakanda is compelling right away. Kirby's heart and integrity are—he's fully on board with making this a great story. This is fully invested Jack Kirby we have here. Yeah, we can't go through this in the same detail we did this man, yeah. monster. So what do we got? Uh, it starts both the cover and splash page of like sort of the Black Panther stalking the Fantastic Four. But when a story starts, it's really page two, which is the FF in like a little space shuttle that Wakanda sent to Reed as like a gift. And uh, they got into it and it's kind of automatically taking them to Wakanda. That's right. We don't know what that is yet, but that's where they're going. Well, I think at this point they're just flying it and it comes with an invitation to Wakanda, which they accept. Oh, okay, right. The ship is a gift. Yeah. Uh, Reed's impressed, and um, they accept their offer. And um, th- there's an ambassador from Wakanda here at the Baxter Building, and he wants to communicate the message back to Black Panther. And he whips out a little Kirby walkie-talkie thing that he straps onto his head yeah. and can do shortwave communication across the globe. Right, showing Wakanda's like technological superiority right away. Right. Um, we cut to Wakanda. But they also show like he's wearing like native garb. He's not like dressed like a inhuman. And we cut to Wakanda and there's like, you know, they a kingdom. It looks like a more what you would picture traditional sort of African tribal. Yeah, shields and headdresses and, and, and the like. Um, Prince uh, T'Challa. Or is he king? King T'Challa. King yes, T'Challa. Right. Um, raise the totem and we see the Black Panther statue rise out of the ground. That's right. And uh, he, gets on his, he gets on his costume, and we see, oh, the king of this tribe is the Black Panther that we saw on the cover. That's and it's right. some mixture of tribal heritage and insane technology. Yeah. And he is some warrior supreme. And he refers to it as his stalking costume. Um, let the hunt begin. The Black Panther shall greet them as they have never been greeted before. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah, uh, that's a very f- standard. Before they head to Wakanda, they, the Fantastic Four go pick up Johnny from college. Yep. Um, they've kind of been separated a little bit. Wyatt is just sleeping up a storm. Johnny's trying to do some homework. Ben picks up a chair and throws Johnny. I'm kind of glad to see Johnny and Ben back together again. It is nice. Yep. Um, the FF are reunited. This is the first time in several issues. I mean, actually, only two. Now <laughs> that I think about it. Never mind. They went through this man this monster. It was yeah, a yeah. real journey. Um Johnny, so going- got, Johnny got water poured on his head. They both went through it. Yeah, they've had equal experiences. Um, so they're they're going to Wakanda, and Johnny says, "Can he bring his roommate?" And they're they're the same way that they just bring Alicia sometimes. with yeah. like no no vetting, they just they just bring him. Imagine if your college roommate woke you up said, "Hey, I'm gonna go on a superhero adventure. You want to come?" Yeah, you're like, "All oh, right." <laughs> We cut, my, to the Inhumans, we, we cut to the Inhumans a little bit, and they are still trapped in the dome that um, uh, Maximus the Mad yes. uh, created. And Maximus now looks really mad. For he, f- he looks fully insane. They're trying to escape out of this wo- dome, and they can't. Even Karnak, who can find the flaw in anything, can't find the flaw in this yeah. dome. <laughs> uh, this is sort of, I, What I love about this sort of cut to the Inhumans is like their story felt done. Yeah. It felt like, oh, they're done. They'll come back in 10 issues or so, and we'll see what's up. But the fact that we're just, like, checking in on them every now and then makes them feel like a full member of this team. Yeah. They're part of the story. Uh, Um, And we cut away. We cut back to Wakanda. We got all these people with crazy gear and mechanics uh, monitoring the FF's arrival. Uh, Reed starts to think there's something ominous. Wyatt yeah. Wingfoot is still asleep in the back of the ship. <laughs> yeah, this guy's like, I'll go in the Super Adventure, but I ain't not sleeping. Page nine, they land in a Wakandan runway, which is like Kirby Paradise. It's yeah. just like this enormous... Giant uh, mechanical tentacles flowing everywhere. Yeah, and it's, it's hidden, right? From the air, they couldn't see it. Yes. And now now on the ground, they can see that Wakanda is this technological uh, utopia. Yep, and they are confused. And then the Black Panther shows up and just starts beating the crap out of them. That's right. Yeah, He just starts we- hunting them. Yeah, we don't know what's up yet. He attacks them right away, and the FF are game. Yet they, um. Even Wyatt's game. Wyatt charges fist first. Yeah, Wyatt, who has no superpowers other than just being a hunk of man and real big. Um, Johnny flames on, immediately flies <laughs> into a box and gets, like, vacuum sucked. All right, Shelly, you gotta justify that one. <laughs> Shelly, we need your help on page 11. Why did the torch just fly right into this box? In the bestos, asbestos lined box. is a bad move. Yeah, the Panther gets a gets a leg up at first. Then the Panthers kind of hiding and uh, sort of sussing them out. Everybody now, now all the Wakanda um, warriors are joining in the attack, right? Yeah. And they right, it works. They they have yeah. some gadgets that they got like, hit by like anti magnetic polarization beams and something they start like flying that. around like crazy. Um, Sue's invisible, but the Panther can what? smell her smell her with his hunting skills and um no no he can hear her soft footfalls okay yeah he's got crazy good hearing he, he puts her out with sleeping gas yeah thing and, is I, drinking and I think definitely when you read this you see where Christopher Reese got sort of his Batman version of Black Panther where he's got all these gadgets and he's sort of prepared for everything he he's is a, he, he is mostly a man who just is super well prepared and gadgets yeah. right I think he does have some kind of enhanced something his, other. the herbs uh, that he takes have enhanced his strength he's basically Captain America oh, okay uh But also he's got technology. Thing sees some water on the ground and just starts drinking it. And (laughs) unfortunately that saps his strength. And the Black Panther beats the crap out of him. So now we got three of the FF down. Reed is nowhere to be seen. Um, Wyatt Wingfoot has taken out some warriors. He's actually doing better than the FF. Wyatt's doing great. Oh yeah, now here we see Reed. Oh, this art is great on page 18. Reed is trying to lasso the Black Panther with With a lasso arm. arm. Yep. Um, but the turns the lights out and the Panther can see in the dark. Yeah, I mean this is a that's a that's a Batman move for sure. Oh the torch got free. Oh Wyatt Wingfoot freed the torch yes. thing and Sue. Yeah, so that's so well, even though they were subdued, well, they're not. So what freed. happens is Wyatt frees the torch, I think is mentioned, and then the torch helps free everybody else. Okay. So um, Wyatt was really Wyatt's uh, the key that yeah. Panther did not plan for. That makes sense. He didn't know this dude was gonna show up. Okay, and so the FF kind of fight back Uh, They have all the tribes uh, encased, uh, encircled in flame and sort of subdued. And the Black Panther is shocked that the FF sort of beat him. How did you do it? I must know. And the human torch says, it was old Wyatt. He freed me and I freed the others. Okay, right. You took every precaution against the greatest super team in the world, but you overlooked one factor. Sometimes a man with no superpowers can tip the scales for or against you. And so then the Black Panther sort of says, okay, I'm not going to attack anymore, He's basically like, you bested me in the hunt fair and square, so you deserve to know the story. And so I will not fight you anymore and I will tell you my story. That's right. And that's how this issue ends. Pretty good. It's a pretty, that's a pretty typical place to end this story. Yeah. Kirby. But I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, in like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Just we've got Compared to what we've to had. Yeah. Yeah. The story's ending on page 15. This one ended on page 22 and it felt like an ending. Yeah. So page, so we move on to issue fifty-three, and this is where we learn the story of Wakanda and the and the Panther. That's right. Um, so now we see they're all buddies. And there's a lot of stuff that's dropped in this issue. This is a ton of exposition. Yeah. This is Kirby in his normal form of being like, how many characters you need? How about ten times that? Yeah, maybe? yeah. How many franchise building ideas do you need? I'll put like five. Yeah, five of them per page. That last issue was a cool introduction to the Black Panther. This issue is an introduction to the movie Black Panther. <laughs> Um, so that now the FF are honored guests. There's a dance going on in their honor. Uh, King T'Challa has, is ordering everybody. They're all seem really fascinated by the thing. Um, T'Challa's smoking some, uh, cigarettes. They've all got crazy cigarettes in the <laughs> FF land. Um, and so, and, uh, Reed is fascinated by all the technology. And so, oh, and then T'Challa is going to explain it, but we cut to a villain. Yeah, uh, or this, these two sort of poachers are walking around, and then they get attacked by a giant red gorilla creature. Yes, it exploded and blasts them away. It vanishes, and then behind them, a red elephant shows up. I'm we sure, don't. We don't know what any of this is about. We don't know what important. any of this is about, but there's they, the poachers certainly don't. And yeah, and it's, they run away. They run away. Um, cut back to T'Challa, he's explaining his story. Ben is bored. <laughs> yeah, Ben gives a big huge yawn. Big sarcastic yawn. And T'Challa's insulted. I'm boring you, am I? Suppose I tell you that you're sitting on twenty million dollars. Um Right, and so this is what's revealed that this country is super rich. Yeah, it's because they have access to vibranium, right? Yeah, well they don't I haven't mentioned that yet, but now okay. they start getting into it. So he starts he points out to the mound, which is the where the vibranium is. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about his father, T'Chaka. Yep. Who we see in the movie Black Panther. It's a very Lion King here. Yeah. We see T'Chaka and we see a young T'Challa being groomed by his dad. Um, uh, we hear about Ulysses's claw sort of invading and trying to get the vibranium. Yeah. The vibranium is some like super valuable element that is, that's the source of their fortunes. And it also has properties or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just so rare. Um, which makes it valuable in one sense, but it's because it also has the vibration that it sort of has this vibration comp- component that makes it like super strong and super anti It can do a lot of different things. Okay, so it's kind of like All his mag- gadgets are vibranium fueled. Okay, so we learn now that if it's from Wakanda, it's powered by vibranium, and that means it's basically almost magic. That's like right. Like it's just, uh, although it's scientific. Okay, so this guy, Claw, is this colonialist, imperialist jerk who's yep. just always been trying to mess up Wakanda. And he kills King T'Chaka. Yep. Um, uh, breaking T'Challa's heart. Yep. Making T'Challa king. Yep. So young T'Challa is now king um, and he wants revenge for the death of his father and he uh, gets into a battle with Claw's uh, men and destroys Claw's hand. Yeah, basically shoots a gun out of Claw's hand, like damaging Claw's hand. Retroactively making his name ironic. Oh, yeah. Right? Claw loses a hand. And then we cut back to the present, and uh, we see that T'Challa's practicing to the return of Claw and to destroy him. Yeah, he knows Claw will come back at some point, and he needs to be ready for it. And Claw shows up. The next right page. at that moment. There's a huge red gorilla ape that we saw uh, last issue. It's back, and it's now it's invading Wakanda. It's earlier this issue, not last issue, but yes. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Sorry. And um, FF are convinced of Chala's honor and his integrity, so they're on his side. They're going to help fight these invaders. Yeah, they throw out their catchphrases, flame on, it's in time. Yep. Panther's like, Panther it up. <laughs> That's right, his famous. <laughs> he says that so many times in the movie, you almost get tired of it. Panther it up. So there's this huge red creatures and the FF are fighting them for a while. Um, But they explode occasionally into like tornado winds. We don't really know what's going on with that. Um, Johnny's flame gets extinguished. Wyatt is knocked a little senseless. No, Wyatt is listening to the earth there. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Wyatt never has any problems. He is flawless. (laughs) He can hear the rumblings under the earth to help track whatever is doing this. Meanwhile, the Black panthers like up in the forest tops running around on like tree branches. Yeah. He, his father's killer is here, right? He's yep. ready. He's ready to exact his revenge, and he finds him. Yeah, they find him, and he's replaced his hand with basically a weapon that is creating those sound creatures. Yeah, he has like a sound gun that's in right. place of his hand, and he can make. And these are sonic creatures somehow, solid sound. Yeah, that's right. Man, when I was a kid, I loved Solid Sound. I loved Claw. Sure, like the power just seemed so I still, fun to I think st- about. I still love it as an adult. I think yeah. it's really cool. The drawings are great. Um, so Claw here is ready for the Panther and summons a sound panther to fight the hero That's panther. Right. Yep. Fantastic uh, four are still fighting sound elephants. Um, but they all kind of fade away at one point. Claw and the panther are really going at it. Claw's is after money. You know, he yeah. wants to kill T'Challa and take the vibranium and take the vibranium treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I'll kill you, and then it'll be mine at last. And Charles like, never while a tribesman lives. Like, the Wakanda loyalty to each other is also yeah. a huge part of their story. Yes. Um, they, are, they are, I mean, I mean it's, it, like it's, a, Sparta, it's like Sparta. It's weird. It, it is a monarchy, but it's like a good monarchy. Benevolent monarchy. Yeah, yeah. And so then Claw's like, well, then I'll kill everybody. They must all die starting with you. But the FF arrive. Nope. No. What the, happens here? I, I um, have no idea. Oh, his converters being blown apart. Yeah, I think the Panther just beats him. He gets him to shoot his own machinery. Everything explodes, and the uh, layer where Claw is collapses in on itself. Claw leaps into his like device that is creating the sound creatures to save himself. Yeah, okay, like, as the cave is collapsing around him, or he's trapped in there or something like that, so he crawls into his own sound animal generator, and who knows what it's doing to him and that's right. what the story is. So it's another one of these stories where the FF aren't really super involved in it. They hear the backstory, then the Black Panther goes and fights his enemy while the FF fights sound creatures somewhere else. And then they kind of all reunite at the end, and the FF are like, hey, you're a cool dude. It definitely leaves you wanting more Black Panther and more Wakanda. Yeah. The same way, like, the Inhuman stories makes you want more Inhumans. Yeah. like it's a great introduction to the character, I and think. And Black Panther poke, pokes his head into a handful more issues. He sends some gadgets here and there. He sends Wyatt and Johnny uh, a travel dome later on. Yeah. Um, and he just, like, helps out here and there. And he, he is a cool addition to this team. It is where this... I sort of wish the FF never spawned off all these other t- titles. I wish the Inhumans stayed in the book. I wish Dragon Man stayed in the book. I wish Black Panther stayed in the book. Yeah. It'd be a huge waste of something... Like, Black Panther for sure be, should be the start yes, of his own title. Of course. But... It makes the, this book feel so vast to have all these characters kind of coming and going. And you lose that when they're mostly gone. At this point in the FF's run, it is insane how good the story is. Yeah. And part of it is just what you're saying. It's, it's not the FF. It is the FF as part of this huge tapestry of amazing civilizations. And we're, but we're also just at a part where like four or five of the most recent editions are good stories without the FF. Right. Like Black Panther versus Claw is a great story. Yeah. And the Inhumans are a great story within this book. I think they're better with the FF sort of as a backdrop, but that's crazy to say. Like they need yeah. the greatest superhero team that Marvel has as a backdrop. And of course, Galactus is a great story. And the Silver Surfer is a great story. Trapped yes. on Earth, can't soar the cosmos. Pace Pete. Pace Pete is one of the greatest characters <laughs> ever created. And, I mean, they loo- ruined him a little by changing his name to the Traps. Yeah, they weakened silly. him a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's it's crazy how much of this stuff. Namor, Namor, in Namor, though existed before, sort of has been redefined under the FF, and it's why when Marvel got to start making new books, the first scrolls one, and the Kree, the first oh, we don't books, have a Kree yet, we have the scrolls. The first new books that uh, Marvel releases, I think, are maybe Nick Fury, but also uh, Silver Surfer and the Inhumans get titles. Yeah, and Namor gets a title. Like right away, it's like everything spins out of not Spider-Man. Yeah, the Fantastic Four. This Sp- Spider-Man is the one that maybe holds up the best as the most modern-seeming yeah. stories, but FF is where the Marvel Universe was born. Yeah, it is it's the big so bang rich. from everything. It's so rich. Yeah, it's really exciting to read. Yeah, I'm like so happy we've gone over these issues. Um, should we do some email? All right. Let's see. Uh, Dan Galat, who's uh, we've talked to a few times, uh, written a few times. He just pointed out that. Um, uh what was it i i wonder if creating marvel girl and developing her power may have helped jack and stan in figuring out how to power up sue the visual representation of their powers is very similar in a lot of instances no way to know yeah Uh, and i think marvel girl jean gray and um and um yes 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 the telekinesis of her is very similar to that um Uh, He talks about some other things there, but I'm not going to get into that. Thank you for the email. Uh, Jeffrey Class asked us this question, and I think I know the answer to it, but... uh I've noticed, however, is that I often feel annoyed by Stan's dialogue. It feels Mm -hmm. like he thinks he must fill in every panel with words. Right. This works fine when the dialogue is complementary to the visuals, jokes, internal monologues, etc. But during action scenes, he often simply has the characters describing what they're (laughs) doing without providing new info. It's distracting. Yeah. I wonder if you guys ever feel the same way. There's definitely a part of me that just wants to roll my eyes and say, That's Stan, and dismiss it as a trope of the air. But as a modern comic reader, I can't help but get annoyed. The adage is show, not tell, Right. I mean, he's totally yeah, right, right. Of course, <laughs> totally right. Like Stan is like an insanely over verbose yes. dude. It's like, I mean, he's got made fun of it for it at the time. Like yeah. he was made fun of for it. like and By himself too at yeah. times. Um, there's times where it really works for me and there are times that it, it really bothers me. Yeah. And I I don't know if I can even explain which one is which. There's, there's times when Stan's shamelessness adds a lot of personality yeah. to it. And there's times when it absolutely is distracting and yeah. dumb. But... There was a joy to Marvel Comics, and I think part of it is the unevenness, and so you sort of got to take the bad with the good. I think, uh, but he's right, especially in our modern perspective. It looks insane how much dialogue there is. Here's a fun question for you, Will. Okay. If the this is from uh, Julio Casada. Okay. Uh, maybe related to Joe Casada, the be, that'd be great. Uh, the guy who saved Marvel. Um, if the, uh, that's the other thing. When I was talking about the Marvel Knights thing, Yeah, eventually Joe Quesada was made editor-in-chief of all of Marvel Comics because he did so well with Marvel Knights. And that's when they ushered in like basically the next great era of great Marvel Comics. He brought in all these great writers and oh, editors, nice. which sort of saved Marvel from bankruptcy. And then that led to Iron Man. That's the coolest. Like Joe Quesada deserves... He might be the second most important person after uh, Stan and Jack, and, like the next... Yeah. Uh, more than Jim Shooter, if you think about it in a Getting worldwide to the MCU. thing, I don't. Yeah. I don't think Iron Man the movie exists if they if they didn't have someone in charge who took the time and like he fixed all the books. He kind of came in as like, here are the things to make these books better, uh, and he sort of like. I don't know if he did it alone or sat down with people, but they kind of went through and like they did it like piecemeal. They're like, first let's fix Spider Man or whatever. Like then we'll fix these characters, and then we'll fix the Avengers, and then we'll fix this, and then eventually like oh it was all sort of selling well. <laughs> what do we got anyway uh, if the Fantastic 4 were a DC property which four existing characters would you team up <laughs> he gives his ex- answers but well, who would you you're making an FF out of existing, existing DC, DC characters, characters. Um, I will say that there is a DC book that sort of did this but I'll talk about that after you give your answer I don't know DC wants well, to totally come up well, with too it too bad you have so to answer I guess it. I'll try not to pick ones who are in the Justice League you can pick anyone you want Jimmy Olsen um <laughs> okay all right elongated man who's he who's he yeah Is, Is, you're just going for power sets yeah all right i forget his real name sure ralph Dib- dibney yeah he's like a detective or something mm-hmm. right that's right uh, so uh him um dark side <laughs> okay uh the the invisible girl from the legion of the superheroes in the future sure yeah phantom girl yeah and um, more of a Kitty pride. I think that's what you're thinking of, though. Yeah, that's right. That is who I'm thinking of. And um, Crypto, but he's got the power to turn into fire. Uh, int- so, first of all, interesting answers, except for Crypto. It was dumb. Uh, yeah. So, when for a while, the FF comic was not being published by Marvel Comics. So, DC sort of trolled them and created a comic called The Terrifics. Uh, Their leader was Mr. Terrific, who was like a genius scientist. Uh-huh. He's a Justice Society character. Uh-huh. Uh, then they put in Plastic Man. Okay to get some stretching but they also put in Metamorpho oh, weird. so those two stretching guys but Metamorpho is also sort of a thing he sort of tra- he yeah, looks thingy he's sort of ugly and trapped yeah. in his form is yeah. a big part of his uh, character and uh, basically Plastic Man sort of plays the Johnny Storm role okay uh, and then Phantom Girl oh wow so, uh, it was interesting answers. Uh, Julio's answers were Swamp Thing instead of The Thing, Flash instead of the Human Torch. Oh, that makes sense. Catwoman instead of the Invisible Woman, Firestorm instead of Mr. Fantastic. Hmm. Firestorm's probably, uh, well, he's got the scientist half. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, anyway, it's a fun question yeah. to uh, answer. Uh, I'm going to do two more quick ones. Okay. Uh, Our friend Mark David Christensen. Yeah, I might have Of not the do this Hellboy one. podcast. Uh uh, Dave's been reading a ton of these oh. comics with us. He's read all the Spider-Mans, and he's read many of the FF, if not all of them. I mostly wanted to bring up this thing. He has a different pitch for the Fantastic Four movie. Lots of people have been pitching this to us. Okay. He says, uh, if the MCU introduced the Fantastic Four in the next Black Panther movie... Um, that would be a wonderful homage to the Black Panther's origin being the original FF run. I do like that. And I love it. I think that's a really cool idea. That's it's, a very it smart. It feels like a good place. I'd rather have them introduced there than... That's uh, fun. In an, an Avengers movie or something. There's something poetic about it, too. Anyway, I thought that was a cool thing. I wanted to read it. Oh, uh, so here we go. Last one. Uh, so Sean, Sean Shear writes us, What if Legion... The Marvel mutant character um, TV show. Uh, it's a TV show, but he's also. Uh, I remember him from the New Mutants. Yeah, he's a crazy character. Anyway, doesn't matter who he is. A supervillain. Yeah. Traveled back in time and killed Jack Kirby in 1960 <laughs> to put an end to Magneto once and for all. So, super supervillain goes back and kills Jack Kirby to get rid of the heroes, basically. Okay. What artist, living or dead, would you elect? Would you take back in time, I guess, and put in Jack Kirby's place? To save the birth of the Marvel Universe at large. Like, that is extremely fun question. Yeah, so, so it's like, what other artist could... I mean, replace Kirby? It's impossible. I mean, who would have the audacity to just... It'd probably yeah. be someone I don't like. But they wouldn't know they're doing it, right? Yeah. They would just know, like, hey, you're going to go back and we're going to introduce you to Stan and hope you create. Okay, I've got my... It's not an exciting pick. I picked John Byrne. I mean, he did invent, like, so many stories... But did he create new characters? No. That's the tough thing. No. Who creates yeah. new characters? Alan Moore? Did he? I don't know. A lot of these guys just they just reuse or they reimagine. They reboot. I'm trying to think like who invents characters? Because not even Ditko. Ditko can do. It. Ditko has to serve his role. He invented tons of characters, but yeah, he, yeah. Um, Who's just like an idea factory? I don't know. Um, especially from an artist standpoint, it's tough. A lot of that is often put on writers at some point. Though I think artists. It's a pure version when artists do it. Um, like who's I'm got stumped. That, who's got that creativity? Is there like an indie artist that could can... Ty Templeton? <laughs> I love Ty. I don't think so though. I don't right? Think he did a ton of character. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like what, Dan Klaus. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. Like who would be someone who would just be That'd like would be really interesting if a, a Dan Klaus superhero <laughs> universe is just a bunch of morose. <laughs> Like, broken heroes. But just somebody... Oh, Gilbert Hernandez could do it. Yeah. Gilbert Hernandez did create a million characters. You need somebody who can just keep doing new things and doesn't want to, like, rest on on the laurels. My pick is Gilbert Hernandez. Um, It took you a long time to get to her. I just don't even think of them as, like, superhero guys, but, like... I think that's the way you have to go. You have to go to somebody who's not a superhero person. Because I think superhero people, they do create stuff, but I don't know if they create it fast enough. They're not really allowed to. Yeah. You know, it might be someone like, uh, uh, is he a writer or an artist? Bill Finger, who created all the Batman stuff. Yeah, the Batman villains and stuff. Yeah, Sort of the unheralded creator of Batman. Yeah. Um, someone like him might do it. Yeah. You just poach him from the DC universe. I mean, Batman worked. Batman was pretty successful, Yeah, I think, I think he's, <laughs> he made it. Uh, uh, that's but, a really fun question. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Dave. Yeah, and we've got a few more, but we'll save them for yeah, another podcast. So Sorry um Okay, so I think, I don't know for sure, but we want to have a couple of guests that might be next episode, or we might be doing 16 issues. <laughs> I mean, right. We're basically just going to, we're not really going to do individual issues. We're going right. to kind of just do broad strokes of the end of Kirby's run because he sort of stops giving a crap. We're doing two more episodes covering the la- rest of the issues, or maybe four more episodes. No, I don't two, know. Two. Are we, we're not going to do double. Nah. Okay. Uh, so well, we- I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Who knows what's going to come up, but there's going to be at least two bursts where we cover all the rest of the—either uh, one episode or two episodes each where we cover the rest of the— There's many good stories yes, left, yes. but we have covered the peak of it now. Yeah. And then we'll do some other stuff. There might be a—we're uh, approaching the end of this season. Yeah. And if if, know, and hopefully it won't be as long a gap between this and season three. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, We've got yeah, our, we got our identity rebooted. We're ready to go into. But, but we're past the the halfway point of this. And we're already season. we're thinking we're gonna do the first six issues of the Hulk or something. Yeah, least, that's right. That's what I think we're gonna. Not uh, so many. We'll just do the initial. Yeah, yeah. Initial. So yeah. The next season will be a short season, and that'll be followed up by another season of something that's yeah. at least a hundred issues. Yeah. This 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 insane hundred issue <laughs> thing has we've burned off all the all the scared well, we'll listeners. Back. We'll be back. We're gonna do the entire run of Barry Allen Flash. <laughs> I don't know how many issues that is. Um, not even a creator. We're just gonna like do them yeah. all. We're gonna do the Spider Man newspaper strip, an episode per day. <laughs> um, That'd be interesting. Uh, well, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Uh, please follow us at Screw It Comics uh, at Twitter and Screw It Comics on Instagram, where I post a lot of images. Email us your thoughts at uh, Screw Spidey at Gmail. Or, or we have not updated our old email address, and we're never yeah. we going to. Uh, we'll. I'll try to get to all the emails that I've been skipping over, um, or at least answer you. Maybe we'll do a email. mailbag. Maybe we'll do a mailbag issue. Yeah, who knows? Basically, I don't know what the next episode will be like no or idea. the one after that or the one after that, but we will cover the rest of these issues in huge chunks. Kevin, good job. Will, also good job. Bye, everybody. Bye. Scooby,
1: Scooby, we're just talk about- comics.